The Coach's Roundtable is brought to you by Between the Lines. Between the Lines offers online training with current minor league affiliates from the comfort of your own home through online technology. With their coaching, watch your skills and money increase due to no longer needing to drive to get training. For more information, go to betweenthelines.pro. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coach's Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Credo, and today I've got two coaches that are going to talk some hitting with us. Yes, I said hitting, insight, perspective, information, so get your notepads out, ready to take notes. Let's get to know our coaches, and we'll start with you first, Coach Nelson. Welcome back to the show, but for a first-time listener, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Yeah, Joel, thanks for having me back on. Um, I'm the assistant coach at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Um, during the school years, and then uh, obviously while I'm there, I'm the hitting coach, the catcher's coach. Uh, I'll be the first base coach um, in-game. Um, we kind of share recruiting duties. There's only two of us on staff, so uh, Coach Harris and myself, uh, I guess I would call myself co-recruiting coordinator. Um, and then during the summers, I am the head baseball coach at the, the High Point Hush Puppies in the Old North State League, collegiate summer team out in North Carolina. Uh, also the league's recruiting director as well. So uh, get as much baseball as I can year-round, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. Glad to have you back on, Coach Nelson. And what about you, Coach Dawson? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to lately. Joel, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, this is my first time actually ever doing a podcast, so um, I'm really excited. Um, I, uh, I'm the assistant coach, uh, hitting coach at Cleveland Community College in Shelby, North Carolina. Um, we're a little interesting. We're a brand new program. Um, so this spring will be our first time suiting it up and getting out on the field. Um, so I've gotten to kind of jump into um, what it's like to recruit because we didn't, we didn't have any recruiting classes before. So we've had to recruit an entire team here over the last year. And uh, yeah, I'm the hitting guy. I also, uh, I run the strength and conditioning program for our guys. I coached strength and conditioning at Virginia Tech for two years and I have all my, my strength and conditioning certifications. Um, so that's, that's kind of my role. And, uh, during the summers, um, I'm looking right now, um, to potentially go out, um, to a couple summer league jobs, but I haven't made a decision on which one yet. Um, and then two summers ago, I was the hitting guy, uh, for the Edenton steamers and the, and the CPL out here in North Carolina as well. Awesome. Glad to have you on as well, coach Dawson. So we're going to get into the baseball questions and talk a little hitting. Um, and we'll start this round with you first coach Dawson. And the question is this. What is your two-strike hitting approach? Um, so, so I'm a little bit different. Um, I like my guys. Um, one thing I preach with all my guys is I want them to be as comfortable in the box as possible. And a lot of times when guys get into that, all right, I'm getting in my two-strike approach. I want to change my stance, change how I'm thinking about stuff in the box. I don't necessarily want them to do that because sometimes I, I think some guys, they get uncomfortable. So one of the things that we do is we're thinking fastball in the right center. Um, we want to be on time to drive that fastball to the backside gap. That way, if we do get a spinner, we do get that good breaking ball, we can still stay through it and stay back through the middle. Um, and all of my guys, they understand the one thing we don't want to do is strike out. Putting the ball in play any way at all is better than a strikeout because it puts a little bit of pressure on the defense. Some guy's got to field it. He's got to make a good throw. And another guy's got to catch it. Um, so so I, don't really, I don't really want to change like their stance or – what they're thinking about all I'm like, all right, all we're doing is working our timing, right? We're thinking fastball on the right center. 
And if we get that spinner or that off-speed pitch, we still stay through it and we're thinking gap to gap with that off-speed pitch. Um, and our main goal, um, our motto here at Cleveland is we're the barrel hunters. We want to put the baseball play hard as often as possible. And what about you, Coach Nelson? What is your two-strike hitting approach? Uh, so a lot of similarities with what Coach Dawson said. Um, I'm not I'm not a fan of, of changing stances or, you know, having a separate swing for a two-strike approach. Um, I want to train one swing, and I want us to master that swing, whether it's, you know, a 2-0 swing or a, an 0-2 swing. Um, the only difference for us um, and what I look for is, is – is we can't be as you know we can't be as selective with two strikes obviously you can't be as picky you can't you know hunt for one specific spot or one specific pitch um much like coach dawson said we we hate strikeouts especially backwards k's um so any way that we can put the ball in play make the defense have to get us out um is is you know another thing that we talk about but one thing that I, I like to, especially with the not changing swings, I don't want to widen out and just be really handsy. Um, you know, if you give up a two-strike missile as a pitcher because our guy is still set up to take his A swing um, and not just looking to make contact, uh, it, it's demoralizing as a pitcher. Um, and so if we can set ourselves up for for success with two strikes, the only thing we have to understand is we can't be as, as picky. Um, so... You know, much like Coach Dawson said, we don't we don't change swings. We're going to stay with our A swing. We're going to try and drive the ball as hard as we can. Um, it's just we got to open that strike zone up a little bit more. And even if we think it's 50-50, it's probably one that we need to try and uh, and and make contact with because we can't leave it up to the umpire there. Great stuff, guys. So we'll go into the next round of questions. And this round, we'll start with you first, Coach Nelson. And the question is this. What are some of your favorite drills to do with your hitters? So um, I'm really big on using like some of the, the, you know, the training bats have come out like the over, you know, overload, underload stuff. Uh, we use Great Lakes bats for that. I know there's a bunch of different options, but uh, um, that and then, you know, the, the half bat trainers, um, I think that the immediate feedback for barrel, you know, your barrel path and. And um, if you're being too, if you're pushing too much with your hands, or if you're actually staying in the zone and, and squaring the baseball up, having your hands in a good position throughout your barrel turn, um, those are probably my two favorite. Um, I like the overload, underload. Um, we use those obviously in BP, um, and I think it's a great tool to, to continue to teach barrel control um, with the changing scenarios, obviously with the weight of the bat. Um, same time, I think it's building bat speed at the same time, which, you know, bat speed, a higher bat speed equals, you know, a, a higher exit velo, which means the ball is going to go a little bit further. Um, and that's, that's big for us. We like to hit the ball hard. Um, you know, loud noises is what we look for. And then, you know, with the half bat trainer, um, it's probably one of my favorite training tools that I've seen. And, you know, I'm, I've been coaching collegiately for six years. Uh, no, that's not very long, but just in those six years, it's easily my favorite uh, tool to use. It's that, like I said, that immediate feedback on your swing path. It's going to tell you if, if, if you're cutting through the zone or if you're staying in it the way that we want to and, and hitting it flush. Um, and, you know, those are just easily, you know, my two favorite things to do um, with our guys. And, and our guys love it too because it's that immediate feedback of, oh, I you know, I, I screwed up, so I, I this is what I got to do to fix it. So um, those would be um, my two favorite things right now. 
And what about you, Coach Dawson? What are some of your favorite drills to do with your guys? I I completely agree with Coach Nelson. Uh, we really like to use a heavy bat. Um, I actually have a buddy from back in my hometown, uh, Amherst, Virginia. He makes heavy bats, and uh, we use our heavy bat probably three, four times a week, especially in the fall when we weren't playing. Um, we did a lot of heavy bat stuff, and um, I like to – I like to kind of use the heavy bat. Um, one of the drills we like to do, we call it the Bellinger drill. Um, and it's w one of the issues we had with our guys when they first got here was they were really jumpy. We had a lot of guys who were anxious. First time in pro ball, we have 95% freshmen on our team. So they're really jumpy. We, we struggle, struggle with the off-speed off pitch. We wanted to get out in front of everything, hit the baseball out of the pitcher's hand and not picking up anything as it's traveling to us. So the Bellinger drill is you start stacked on your backside, and then you kind of slowly move forward. A lot of our guys like to start with their front foot behind their back foot just to kind of feel that movement forward and that control movement forward. Whereas beginning of the year, we were kind of like, we were lunging, we were jumping at everything. And we struggled with off-speed pitches. Our pitchers looked real good because all they had to do was spin balls to us and we just couldn't handle it. Um, so that's one drill, the Bellinger drill. Um, like Coach Nelson said, uh, we really like to use the heavy bat. Uh, the company that we use is Sly Bats. Um, and I'm a big fan. I really like offset BP, um, 45 degree offset BP. Um, reason being is you can get so much variability and we like to pair it up with, we'll put the hack attack on the mound and we'll set it at whatever speed we're set for that day. Um, most of the time it's upper eighties to mid nineties, and then you'll take three off the hack attack and then you'll see three offset offset flips from the right to kind of get your mind thinking, all right, be able to adjust to these different speeds, be able to stay through that ball. Um, if I flip it out away from you, we're thinking line drive over the second baseman's head into right center. Or if I flip it at your front hip, you're getting your hands cleared, getting back through the baseball and thinking line out to the center fielder. Um, so those are two, two to three big drills that we do with our guys consistently. All right, this next question, we'll start with you first, Coach Dawson. And it's what's the important aspects of a hitter swing, and then how do you teach those aspects? So one big one is we want to be under control. We want to be balanced. Um, like I said, uh, our guys were getting out over getting out over our front side really bad, getting leaking out over our front foot, kind of toppling forward. Um, we want to stay between our feet, um, be balanced, be under control, um, getting into your legs, make sure we control everything. Um, and the Bellinger drill that I was talking about earlier, um, that really helps with that. Um, and then another thing I our guys is we attack that inner half um, of the baseball. We don't want to be getting out, wrapping around everything. Um, and one way we do that is um, they actually do this at Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, they write one, two, three on the baseball. And our guys understand that we want to attack that one on the baseball. We want to attack that inner seam. And when we put balls on the tee – we're putting two seams on it and attacking, the, attacking that inner seam. Um, and then, I mean, those are the two big things that I want to preach. We want to be under control in the box, and we want to attack the inner half. And what about you, Coach Nelson? What do you think are the important aspects of a hitter swing? And then how do you teach those aspects? Uh, yeah, just uh, again, another thing that like, you know, Co Coach Dawson said is, you know, we don't want to wrap around the ball. We want to, you know, we want to stay tight with our swing. We want to stay inside the ball. Um, we use a lot of, we do like, uh, we'll do actual BP with a short bat trainer. 
um, obviously not like velo BP off of a off of a machine or anything, but um, I want them to take actual swings with um, you know the short bat, and obviously that's going to show you again with those immediate feedback of whether or not you're wrapping around the ball or not. Because if with a short bat, if if you if you extend out a little bit too far and you don't stay tight within your swing. Um, you're going to hit one off your fingertip or you're going to obviously hit one right right next to your hands and it's not going to feel that great. So um, we like to teach, uh, you know, staying tight through our barrel turn, um, but also be explosive. Um, you know, we don't we don't want guys that are just looking to put the ball in play. We, we want to, to do damage with everything that we swing at, um, you know, that's that's just kind of, you know, the overall motto. Like I said, we earlier is we we just want to hit the ball hard you know our motto is actually hit stuff hard we, we don't say stuff but um but you know hit stuff hard you know be a pitcher's nightmare you know and doing things like that and then being able to drive the baseball in the inner half without wrapping around the ball and you know kind of like coach Dawson said is a big thing that we work on um but another thing too is just being explosive through throughout our lower half which you know obviously works up into our swing um, we have, you know, have had some guys that, you know, they were just kind of just put the ball in play kind of guys. Maybe once they, you know, made contact, the, the, the swing kind of stopped at that point. Um, getting guys to use their lower half and gauge it. Um, the Arenado drill, which I'm sure a lot of people know, um, is a big thing that we do. Uh, it's just essentially a step back. You go in your normal position, step back, get that back hip coiled up and ready to go, and then you just explode through the baseball. And when... When we swing, I tell the guys, I, I want you to swing through the ball to the point that your barrel comes all the way around and almost hits you in the back ankle. Um, obviously, I don't want them to hit their ankle, but I want them to have that, that mindset of we're going through the baseball. I don't want to just get to it. Um, and I think that we've seen, you know, a, you know, obviously a big jump in, in just the damage that we did this fall. It was a short fall um, due to COVID, but, you know, we, we saw some good gains in the short amount of time that we got to do it. So... Um, those are those are our big aspects. This next question is one of my favorite questions to ask to any hitting coach or any baseball coach or just anybody. And it's how much of a hitter's uh, typically I like to ask players, but we'll go with hitters since we're talking hitting. How much of a hitter's success is dependent on their swing, meaning like their mechanical swing, versus just their pure athleticism? And I'll start with you first, Coach Nelson. So. This is actually a tough um, question for me, um, just because I, I think that you can be a successful hitter with not the best mechanical swing. Um, I've seen it happen. I've coached kids that maybe mechanically, the first look, you'd be like, that's not what we want. But the kid, you know, just laces doubles and, and, and home runs, you know, all over the yard. Um, so, yeah, athleticism definitely plays a big part of it. Um, but I've seen guys that um, have phenomenal swings, but maybe aren't as good of athletes, and and they don't get the results um, that some some other guys get. So I think both, you know, obviously both play a big factor into it. Um, but I, I will have to say, at the end of the day, if you're a freak athlete, um, there can be a little bit of a mistake, um, or maybe not a mistake, but maybe something that isn't viewed as, oh, that's, that's what we want to do there. Maybe that's just how it works for him, you know? And, and if he's a freak athlete, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that away from him just because he may do one thing that's a little bit different than others. Um, so, 
Yeah, I, I think both play a factor, but definitely if if you're if you're one of those kind of dudes that's just an athlete, and it just works for you, then you know why why would you why would you change it? You know. And what about you, Coach Dawson? Do you think that a hitter's success is more dependent on their swing or more dependent on their athleticism? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Coach Nelson. This is this is a really tough question because I think both aspects come into play immensely. I mean, you have those guys who have beautiful swings, but yet again, they you, they just can't find a way to produce. They don't find a way to put the be- put the barrel on the ball. And then you have those guys who, I mean. I know some 12-year-olds who might have better swings, and they just find a way. They get on. They're productive for the team. They keep putting together quality of bats. So I think just just what a what a hitter thinks about in the box has a lot to do with how successful he um, Our guys, um, our motto here, when our at-bat starts in the dugout, we're getting as much information from the pitcher as we can when we're, on, when we're in the hole. And then when we're on deck, we're getting our timing. Um, we keep charts uh, based on what pitchers throw and what counts. So – we have some guys who, who, who really buy into that and they think about, all right, well, hey, I'm going to be successful right here. He's We're in 1-1 count. He's throwing a breaking ball every 1-1 count. I'm going to sit the breaker. And a lot of guys, they'll sit the breaker and they're really successful with it just because they put themselves in a situation to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree that they both play a huge factor in how successful a hitter can be in the box. But at the same time, it's the mindset you have, like – how confident you are when you get in the box is also another big factor that takes place when you get to being successful. Great stuff so far, guys. And this next question I'll ask is a, if anyone's a baseball coach and they have a Twitter account, you'll see this almost every day, especially depending on who you follow. And this question, we'll start with you first, Coach Dawson. And it's, has analytics killed the art of hitting? Um, I mean, this is a tough question. Um, one of the first meetings we had uh, with our hitters, um, I told them to stay off the, the cliche, stay off a of hitter Twitter. Um, you see a lot of stuff like, I mean, sometimes I'm guilty of it. I'll sit and I'll scroll through my Twitter feed and like I'll get, I'll go mind numb watching these guys break these eight to 12 year old kids swings down so precise that some of these kids don't even know what they're even talking about when they're talking about some of the movement patterns they're talking about. And I don't think I think the analytics has been beneficial, especially for people at home. So when you're watching a game live and Aaron Judge hits a 480 foot shot to right center, it's cool to see that that exit velo. Well, what was his launch angle? And if it's a low launch launch angle, you're like, wow, that ball is that ball is really pieced. Like, I think that it's it's been good for that aspect. But at the same time, um, like when we're hitting. And say we have the rap soda on a hitter, and I say, "Hey, your your backspin on that ball was this." Like, I I don't think that kids can understand. Hey, what do you mean by that? What what do I need to do to make that better? Um, I think the more benefit benefits you get out of it are when you get the when you get that coach, when you get that analytics person who can give you that information, but can also tell you how to make that information better. Um, I think that's where analytics needs to go. Not just, oh, what's his when I mean I, I've known coaches who who like to see good spin efficiency some pitchers and if it's not at least one number, then they're they just don't want to even look at him. But I think the guy that gets outs is more important than a guy that 
has that high spin efficiency, throws that heavy ball. And what about you, Coach Nelson? Do you think that analytics has killed the art of hitting? I I guess my I guess the just the basic answer would be I don't think I don't think it's killed it. Um, I think in in many ways it has improved um, hitting. Obviously, you know, like Coach Dawson said, you you can't live and die by those numbers. Um, I, I can sit here and tell you all day that we've got a kid that you know he's got 105 exit velo, but he's one for 28 that kid's not going to be on the field very often, you know? Um, so you can't live and die by it, but I do think that having that information now, um, is beneficial to, to us as coaches, to the players. Um, you know, like, like coach Dawson said, you just got to have the ability to translate, you know, what the analytics say into how do we improve upon it? Um, because if you have someone who just says, Oh, you know, like you said, well, you know, based on based on you know your spin rate or your backspin was this or your launch angle was this that kid might stare at you and be like I have no idea what you just said so you gotta if you know if, if you've got that stuff you've got to be able to translate it to your guys um, in a in a manner that they can use it and that they can develop from it but purely from a, a developmental standpoint um, I really do think analytics is going has improved hitting to a point um i know that there's a lot of varying opinions on it and you know some people hate it some people love it Uh, but i i just think you know to to quote moneyball you know adapt or die it's here it's gonna be here it's not going anywhere um and you know and whether you like it or not it's it's just going to be a part of the game i think moving forward um are there things that you can take from it and and you know like i said you don't have to live and die by it take some things from it and and work on developing your guys because the information is there for us now um you got to use it um you got to take advantage of it but i will also uh, stand with coach dawson there do not fall in love with hitting twitter it is awful um and like much like he said um i've found myself just scrolling through the twitter verse going what in the world am i reading you know you, you there's too much there's too much going on there try to stay away from it if you can especially lately you know it gets pretty toxic um if you know it's my way or the highway or whatever there's you know there's as my my old manager used to say there's more than one way to skin a cat um so understand that and just realize that hey, man, there isn't a my way or the highway kind of thing, but analytics is here to stay. Um, you might as well you know, use it to, to enhance the way that we develop our guys. Wow, fantastic stuff, guys. So this next round, we'll start with you first, Coach Nelson. And it's what are things that you like to chart during practice or games for your hitters? So we have, uh, we have two charts. Um, one of them, the players chart themselves. That's our quality at bat chart, and it's um, – you know, it's, it's things like a six six or more pitch at bat. Um, did you see three? You know, three or more pitches after two strike count. Um, was it a hard hit ball, extra base hit, RBI, sack bunt or sack fly? Um, and if at any time during your at bat you you checked one of those boxes, it's a quality at bat. But what I think has really helped um, us is having the guys chart it themselves. Because um, I could very easily, you know, I've, in the, at other places I've been or in years past, I've seen that, you know, maybe a guy who's not partaking in, 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 in the game or in practice at that time, he's just charting it for everybody. Um, 
I think having the guys actually chart their own quality at bat, I think it keeps them more locked into the at bat um, instead of just kind of going in the box and standing there and just swinging at whatever you know they like. Um, and I think it's just it's been really beneficial for our one-on-one conversations because those guys can come in and and when we talk about you know hey what happened here they they talk through you know pitch counts they remember like oh this is he started me here um you know then he went here then he went here and i just think that it's it's helped them stay more locked in and more focused on what's going on in the box instead of you know just being there so that's one of our charts that they that like i said the players themselves chart the one that i do um is the i will do a hard hit chart um, and with us, um, you know, we don't, we don't quite have the budget for a lot of the tech stuff yet. So, um, we don't have like, you know, like a hitting rap soda that'll just shoot me data and say, Oh, Hey, this guy just hit that ball hundred miles an hour. So it's an eye test for me right now, just because we don't have that stuff. Um, so it's pretty simple, you know, it just put their name down. It's a yes or no box next to their name. Was it a hard hit? I check it. Um, and, and, you know, when we go from there, um, I, you know, again, much like analytics, these are numbers you can't live and die by because we all know that you can you can Texas league someone to death and somehow you know win a game, and you can hit the ball 100 miles an hour throughout the day and and score two runs and lose. It it's just for me, I like to see at least a 40% hard hit rate. If we're squaring the ball up four out of every ten at bats, we're doing something right in the box. Um, and then for quality of bat, I look for 50% and above. Um, so if we've got you know, if we've got, you know, every other hitter is putting up a quality of bat, we're putting ourselves in a really good chance to win that game. Um, so, you know, th- those are just some of the things that I look into, again, m- much like just about anything else that's analytical or any kind of numbers. You can't fall in love with it. doesn't tell the whole story. Um, but it gives us a good idea on what we're doing, um, you know, and, and whether or not if, you know, maybe – if, if we're looking at a depth chart decision, you know, hey, maybe this guy's our, our first baseman because he's got a 65% quality at bat and 40-plus percent hard hit, and a guy that's under him may have a little bit higher batting average, but he's he's having, like, you know, the swing and bunt at bats where he's not really hitting the ball flush or, you know, he's not giving us the greatest at bats, but he's just finding ways on base. And so, in our opinion... If, if I see a guy that's just smashing the baseball, I think he's giving us the better at bat and he's put more quality at bat. So, um, you know, we just like to use him for, for things like that. And what about you, Coach Dawson? What are some of the things that you guys like to chart during games or practices for your hitters? It's like to chart during games or practices for your hitters. Um, well, we're we're very similar to uh, what you guys do, Coach Nelson. Uh, we have a quality at bat chart. Um, like you said, it's got um, a hit. We we put on ours. We have a hard hit out. Um, we have sacks, moving a guy from first with no outs. Um, we have all all very similar. Um, I did add to ours um, finding a way on with two strikes because, um, like you mentioned earlier, finding a way to get on base with two strikes is so demoralizing for a pitcher and only helps our future batters. Uh, help set them up for success. Um, so we do we do the quality at bat chart. Um, and I also, um, like you said, you like to have your guys chart it. Um, here in the fall, in the couple games we got to play, um, I kept the chart. And seeing that when I talked to them about the chart after the game, 
I felt that maybe having them chart it, for example, hanging it up in the dugout and after their bat or when they come in um, from after their hit or after their whatever happens at the box, um, they come in and market themselves. I completely agree with you. I think that that's one good way to hold the guys accountable and to um, get them thinking not only, hey, I have to have a hit every single time, but more towards what can I do to be more productive for the team? How can I make our team more successful? And I think that kind of takes the pressure off. Um, and one of the reasons to stem off the quality of bat chart was I wanted our guys to throw bat and average out the window. Like, I don't want you to worry about your bat and average because you could have a weekend where you go 0 for 14 and you can line out 12 times. But this baseball, this the way baseball works, it, it says that you had a horrible weekend, but in all reality, you actually had a pretty good weekend at the plate. The ball just didn't fall where you wanted it to. Um, so I wanted to use the quality of bat chart to kind of take that pressure off of them, whereas we're not so much worried about what our batting average is or all that stuff. It's how quality are the bats that we're putting together and are our bats helping us win baseball games. Um, and then the other chart that we keep, um, I mentioned earlier, we keep our, our, our pitch tendency chart. Um, so we've got all the pitchers that we see that day it broken down into every count. And then we'll just put the number of the pitch that they threw into that count. So our guys can get some quarter, some sort of kind of feel for, what kind of tendencies this guy has? Um, what's he like to throw in this count? Um, and and I think that that's been huge in helping our guys get in the box and be able to think about all right, hey, what am I gonna, what's the what am I potentially going to get on this pitch? And it just gives them that much more of an advantage to put the baseball and play hard. Um, so so I completely agree with Coach Nelson on the quality of jet, at bat chart. And um, yeah, th those are the two main charts that we keep. All right, coaches. Unfortunately, we all great things got to come to an end. So I'll wrap up the episode right here with this question for you guys. And we'll start with you first, Coach Dawson. And it's how has your views of hitting changed over the years? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm still I'm still pretty young. Um, I just turned 27. I um, and the big the big thing that has changed most for me is when I first got out of college. Um, I'll admit I was I was a hitter Twitter addict i got on that thing and i i got out of college and i was lucky enough to start um coaching really soon really early and um i kind of got lost in the mechanical aspect of thing aspect of things i was constantly making adjustments to guys i was every swing i was trying to get them to try something different um and i've definitely gone into more of what what's a guy thinking about in the box what's his approach um count to count pitch to pitch um, and, and just kind of forcing myself to slow down, especially when I'm coaching our guys. Um, and, and there are some days when some guys, he, he does, he's having something trouble mechanically, but we work on it. And then I think it's more important to kind of challenge our guys every day. Because um, if you're not challenging yourself in practice, then when that guy is on the mound challenging you and trying to get you out, then it's going to be hard to be successful. So we're constantly seeing – high velos in practice. We're constantly finding a way to change speeds, changing the eyes, doing all kinds of stuff to um, to make our guys adapt to being to trying to get out. Because if you're not working on guys that are trying to get you out, then you're just not going to be successful. So I think I've gone from constantly kind of nitpicking, seeing what the guy's right big toe is doing on every swing to, hey, 
what's the big picture? What's going to help make a guy successful? And that's how confident he is in the box. What's he thinking on certain pitches and how he just goes about his at-bats. And, and I think that's the big thing that has kind of changed since I started coaching. All right, Coach Nelson, we'll wrap it up right here with you, and it's this. How has your views of hitting changed over the years? Um, to, to, before I get started, I wanted to touch on, you know, coach Dawson saying, you know, don't having his guys not fall in love with the batting average. I completely agree with that. Um, it's one of the most overrated stats in sports. Um, but to answer the question, um, I was, you know, as many people were, you know, I coached, I had a very old school style, uh, coach, um, throughout my career, um, pretty much at, at any level, um, and, uh, you know, so I was very knob to the ball. You know, I had a, I had a two strike swing because I would, you know, I'd widen my stance and be more, you know, hands to the ball and not really trying to drive it. Um, I was more patient in the box. So I wasn't as aggressive. Um, looking back on it now, you're like, man, I, I wish that the, I would have done things differently. But so I went from having that mindset as a player and then as a coach early on. And again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young as well. I turned 28 later this month, um, but you know, started at 20, 23. And, um, even, even then, like I was pretty old school. I was like, we want to be level through the zone. You know, you know, I thought being on plane meant being level through the zone and, and just kind of different things like that, that I just wasn't aware of, or I was against learning at the time, because I thought as, as a lot of people did when the new stuff of hitting showed up, I was, I was pretty against it at first. Cause I was like, well, that's, that looks stupid. Um, and now I, now I realize that I was stupid. Um, but, um, just kind of things like that, uh, you know, realizing that, you know, can't just cut in and out of the zone by being level. We got to get our barrel in the zone early, try to stay in long being on plane with a pitch means there's going to be a little bit of a tilt in your barrel swing. Um, you know, you're going to be having high finishes and things like that. Um, and I think count leverage is probably one of the, one of the bigger ones outside of just the mechanical stuff of just training to do things better. And I'm pretty sure you can hear my son screaming at me in the background, but, uh, you know, just understanding count leverage and understanding a positive count for us better. Um, you know, instead of being patient, be like, oh, I'm going to work the count, I'm going to work the count. And, and that's great for some guys. But um, for us, I, I, preach, I, I preach being, you know, aggressive, but selective aggressive, because, you know, we don't want to just be swinging at everything. But, you know, we look at our power counts, like our OOs, our, our 1020, you know, haven't convinced the head coach here to go 30 yet, but 31, you know, those counts are where we're looking for something that's just a mistake. The guy's trying to just get another strike, and that's something that we can just absolutely destroy. Um, and the older, you know, the or the younger me from a few years ago would have been more, hey, you know, let's work a count here, and you know, let's let's try to get his pitch count up to get him out of the zone. Well, if we're aggressive and he's making mistakes because, you know, in power counts we're taking advantage of it, and we put up eight runs on him in three innings. He's not going to be in the game very long. So, um, you know, I think just really in, in in general my entire approach to hitting changed except for the fact that every time you swing you want to do damage but outside of that uh, you know I've, I've grown and I've adapted learned from people who are much smarter than me and will always be smarter than me um, just that there's that there's a better way to do things and so you know 
just like everybody else is, you know, I'm always looking for ways to continue to improve as a coach and then continue to improve our guys. Um, but I would say that those are probably the biggest, you know, views of, uh, or changes for me in, in terms of hitting. That wraps it up for the Coaches Roundtable podcast. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. If you would be interested in being part of an episode yourself, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Coach Crato, K-R-A-T-O. Thank you.